VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. Friends, thank you for joining us here on Crosstalk. We've got a very critical issue to bring to your attention today. It was nearly a year ago that we conducted several interviews on Crosstalk with multiple guests, uh, Matt Staver, Michelle Bachman, Alex Newman, about a very dangerous World Health Organization pandemic treaty that would require the United States to surrender its sovereignty to this global organization. President Biden, if you remember, had offered some 13 amendments to the uh, World Health Organization's international health regulations. But all 13 of those amendments failed. If they had passed, they would have given the WHO uh, extraordinary power to declare global public health emergencies, of which uh, was said, uh, you know, that we're going to come about, which would require the surrender of our sovereignty. And while we rejoice that these fell apart at that time, we warned you that this was only a pause in their efforts. Matter of fact, I went back in our records, and it was last June 2nd, 2022. Our guest on Crosstalk was Matt Staver. Our topic was this, who and the new pandemic treaty, there is more to come. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here to say that the more to come is now right before us, lying at our doorstep. Joining us today, Constitutional Attorney Matt Staver, founder and chairman of Liberty Council. As you know, he's got three landmark cases before the U.S. Supreme Court, speaker on Freedom's Call and and, uh, Faith to Freedom. Faith and Freedom, Matt, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Jim. Good to be with you. So, Matt, I'm looking at a headline from just a few days ago from the Epic Times, which says, quote, Biden administration negotiates deal to give WHO authority, that's World Health Organization, WHO authority over U.S. pandemic policies. Tell us what's happening. Yes, this is shocking, and you overviewed it very well last year. Fortunately, we were able to dodge that bullet last year, if you will. But now it's back with a vengeance even worse. And so they are continuing to meet, even right now as we speak. They're meeting today, they're meeting uh, through this week, and they're picking up meetings again next week as well. This is the WHO, and Biden is supporting this. And these are radical amendments to what they call their international health regulations. Now, how does this affect the United States? Well, if you go back to 2005, George W. Bush is the one who signed us on to this, and he used the fact that we were, America was, a member of the WHO as a basis for him to sign on to this international health agreement and bypass Congress. But those amendments were... Recommendations, uh, recommendations, they're not binding, as bad as that is. Well, these now that are being proposed, which Biden wants to just simply sign off with his own pen and bypass Congress and bypass the ratification process of a treaty, these would change the WHO from a recommendation agency to binding legal authority on all the member nations. It would allow the WHO to regulate everything that it deems to be within the public health, even if you have something that is uh, potentially impacting public health, potentially impacting the public health or has the potential to impact public health. In that case, the WHO can assert its mandatory global authority. So it's anything with regards to health care. Obviously, the most recent thing that we have experience with is Mm COVID-19. Take, for example, the trucker situation in Canada. Remember when they were protesting in Canada and then Trudeau cracked down on them. And then what did he do? He froze their bank accounts of those that were truckers and those that contributed to their cause. This would give that kind of power to the WHO globally if they wanted, for example, to lock down a state If they wanted to lock down churches while allowing abortion clinics to operate freely, then the WHO would have that authority to do that on a global scale. They'd be able to micromanage and dictate the kinds of medication that we can take. So if you wanted to take ivermectin and they say no, well, they're going to ultimately demand the doctors and the pharmacies not to provide it. 
If you go to a hospital and you don't want remdesivir and that's what the WHO wants, you're going to get it. That's the WHO protocol. So the WHO would have authority not just in COVID-19, not just in a whole list of vaccines that they want you to take to literally live and move or travel around, but also on other basic health care, including mandating centralized, universal government health care. So the lack of government centralized health care, the WHO can say, well, that has a potential to impact public health. Therefore, we're going to mandate it on America. There are some member nations that obviously they don't have that kind of mandated socialized health care. The people in Canada and Great Britain do. And you see that they now have a term called medical tourism because they have to flee to go to another country to get certain kind of medical treatment that's not prohibited or not available in their country because of their centralized government health care system. So who could mandate this globally on the United States of America, like a super Obamacare, if you will, on the entire planet? The who can also, and they're going to, and I want to talk more about this, the WHO is going to be getting involved in the DEI, or the diversity, equity, and inclusion issue. Matt, and, and, and of course, and, critical race theory and so much more. Yeah, and I'm going to have you explain this further, because as I look through this document, I see all throughout this the very buzzwords that we're hearing from President Biden right now, that word and, and and Kamala Harris as well, equity. This is all throughout this document. We see the uh, aspect about uh, respect for human rights. We see issues pertaining to uh, uh, what they're calling gender equality. Uh, they're, you know, they're calling for all these and inclusion. You're going to see that all throughout this. That's that DEI you're referring to. That's right. Yeah, I mean, the WHO has a lot to say about uh, gender equality and equity and diversity and racism, the DEI, the diversity, equity, and inclusion. And make no mistake, equity is different than equality. Yes. Equality provides uh, equal opportunity for you to be able to compete, for example. Equity provides equal results no matter what your qualifications or your efforts are. So it's not providing you an equal opportunity. You can be someone lazy, someone that, for example, doesn't want to go on to certain education where someone is spending a lot of time going on to certain higher education or other specialized training, for example. Um, It doesn't matter. You're going to get the same result. So, you know, I saw this when I visited the Soviet Union back in September of 1990 before it collapsed. You had bus drivers that uh, were doctors. You had people that were assigned to just simply sit outside of an elevator and take the key when you got on the elevator and when you got off the elevator because it was all government mandated. And there was a depressive mood within those individuals in Moscow when we visited in December of 1990 because all their incentive was gone. There was everything to disincentivize them. Hard work meant nothing. So under the WHO, for example, uh, the WHO will focus on, quote, equal participation and leadership of men and women in decision-making with a particular focus on gender equality taken into account. I'm reading from a document. Mm-hmm. The specific needs of all women and girls using a country-driven uh, gender-responsive, transformative, participatory, and fully transparent approach. I mean, this is the WHO's flowery language. They also say, amazingly, that the WHO will prioritize care and treatment based upon, among other things, your religion. Your religion. It states nationality, or nationally, it will determine and prioritize actions, including support. It will take into account communities and persons in vulnerable situations, places, and ecosystems, indigenous peoples, persons belonging to national or ethnic, religious or linguistic minorities. It's going to take all that into consideration to see if you might be worthy of getting health care. It may be that you're of the wrong religion. It's amazing. It's amazing. Uh, I'm looking here at another acknowledgement here of, of provision number 27 uh, in this, uh, where the, it's going to be the WHO, the Food and Agriculture Organization, the UN, the World Organization for Animal Health and United Nations Environmental Program to better address any One Health related issue. I'm, some of the bizarre things that they're talking about here. 
Yeah, I mean, with the WHO, they're going to access the other agencies within the the UN, which one is about animals, one is about world trade, the WTO. We're familiar with that term mm-hmm. in terms of world trade. Well, the WHO will be involved in all that. The WHO will be the centralized government, the one world government, under the directorship of the single individual, the director of the WHO, who is a Marxist. This is Tedros, who is a Marxist communist china party supporter that's the person who heads up the who so he would be the one that would be at the very top of all this marxist global regime so for example on the animal issue if they don't like how certain animals are being treated or for example if they don't even like you raising cows for food or other animals for food, then the WHO will get involved and they will give the global dictates as to what is going to happen. Now, obviously we already know that Bill Gates doesn't want cows to exist because he thinks that they are carbon polluters. And so that's why he is moving towards this synthetic meat, which is not a vegetarian meat, it's a synthetic meat so that you can eliminate chickens and you can eliminate cows and you no longer have those as part of your diet, but you have this synthetic artificial meat that Bill Gates wants you to consume. So with this kind of ideology, the Gates ideology, who is the biggest funder of who, you can bet that the who is going to come after cattle farmers, chicken farmers, pig farmers, whatever it might be, those that raise all different kinds of animals for food. And it's not just going to be animals. It's also going to be your fruits and vegetables as well and the kind of pesticides or fertilizers that you can or cannot use. And, Matt, we're going to be hearing, uh, because this is something that we're going to be turning over, I mean, making them the the body that determines these rules and, and, and laws for the entire world, and, and you know, I can just hear it coming from the president uh, saying, well, the World Health Organization has determined the best interest of the world. These policies go into place. And that's what this is all going to be based upon, their interpretation on how they want to socialize and, 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 and really uh, attack the religious moray of, of nations like, you know, in positions that we would hold. Yes. For example, you know, on the WHO amendments, they set up uh, the WHO as uh, directing and coordinating authority on global health and the leader of multilateral cooperation and global health governance. I'm quoting from the WHO document. And here's another quote from the WHO document. If the WHO believes that, quote, the activities within a nation state's jurisdiction or control do not cause damage to their peoples and other countries, close quote, then the WHO will allow that nation to carry on. But if the WHO concludes that the actions of a nation causes damage to their peoples and other countries, the WHO will assert its authority over that nation. And the WHO has sole authority to determine whether your actions cause damage to your peoples or to other countries. So, for example, if you have too many cars in your family, too many kids in your family, if you don't have electric cars and you have gas-powered cars, if you have too many cars on the road, if you travel too many miles or go over a certain quota, then that's going to cause damage to your peoples and to other countries with uh, CO2 emissions. And the list goes on and on. Friends, we'll be back in one minute. Matt Staver with us from Liberty Council. Yes, the WHO Pandemic Treaty is back at it again. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, popular creation speaker and author with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, has the Bible been confirmed by archaeological discoveries? In many ways, it has, Chris. Many ancient artifacts have been found, and in each case, they confirm the general framework given in Scripture. The Bible claims to be a book of true history, and we would expect to find historical evidence and general agreement with it. But we wouldn't expect everything to be found. Much of the Bible took place long ago, and documents would be rare. But with many turns of the archaeologist's spade, we find details that support Scripture. Yes, we can be confident that the Bible is literally true, and even better than that, it's spiritually true. The evidence we find in history enhances our confidence in its spiritual claims. It all started back in Genesis. Thanks, Dr. Morris. For more information, you can find us on the web at www.icr.org.
Friends, we have often talked about the plans toward one world governance, and this is a document that would do just that. And yes, it started under George W. Bush, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, That's what Matt has provided for us, uh, the entrance into the World Health Organization's documents and so forth. But um, and now it is taking to a level never before seen as the United States of America. We're going to uh, be also talking, folks, about what you can do. But we've got to talk more about the document itself. Matt, the very first line I I want to address in the uh, the zero draft here, which is the parties uh, to this uh, document. Number one reaffirming the principle of sovereignty of states, parties, and addressing public health matters, notably pandemic prevention, preparedness, response, and health systems recovery. Now, I bring this up because they know that one of the, the, the they have been targeted in nations like by the United States. We saw what happened just uh, back la- late last uh, spring when we were dealing with this issue. Um, and and we talked about this is striking at our sovereignty. This is this is against our sovereignty. So they want to at the very outset, and you're going to see that word sovereignty all throughout their document, reaffirming the principle of sovereignty. But when you when you actually read through this document yourself, the, it, it strikes at the very heart of sovereignty. They actually destroy sovereignty as they go through the document. Yeah, it's a uh, you know sleight of hand is what they're doing, and that idea of sovereignty goes right into what I had just read before the break. You know, yeah, they talk about sovereignty, but then they talk about the fact that the who would be the directing and coordinating authority on global health, among other things. And by the way, health, think of it much more than just physical medical care. Think of it much more than COVID-19, much more than a pandemic, vaccines. Think of it beyond, you know, just visiting your doctor. Global health, in their view, includes physical, mental, and societal health. So with their idea of global health, they're talking about, quote, climate change, uh, racism, systemic racism, as they would call it, or equity and inclusion and diversity. Uh, They're looking at food consumption and so many other things as well. So it's a very broad term. But yes, on the one hand, they say that they want to respect sovereignty. But on the other hand, they say that the WHO is going to be the one directing and the coordinating authority of global health. Mm-hmm. That doesn't sound like sovereignty. It says it's also uh, going to allow the nations, and here's where the sovereignty comes up, and that's in the paragraph I just quoted. You can have your, quote, sovereignty, as long as the WHO says you can have your sovereignty. But if the WHO determines that your activities cause damage to your peoples and to other countries, then the WHO will step in and they will take over and they will dictate to the country what it must do. And therefore, your sovereignty has a limit. And it's kind of like a leash. The dog can go as far as the person who is walking the dog allows it to go. And so you have a certain freedom within a certain amount of parameter, but it's only under the specific control of the person who's walking the dog. And here, it's the who walking the the nations as dogs, if you will. They are putting a leash on the nations, and they say, yeah, you can have sovereignty as long as we let you have sovereignty. But when we determine that we're going to step in, we're going to step in. Now, what's the criteria for them to step in? Solely based upon the who's determination that your actions are causing damage to your peoples and to other countries. What is that? Well, there is no real concrete definition as to what that would be. Uh, But we do know that they believe that if you don't have free, unfettered, and funded access to abortion, that's a threat to public health. So you have these different states that have laws restricting abortion, outlawing, banning abortion, or having a 15-week ban, or a six-week, or a heartbeat ban, the WHO, in their view, would say that that is damaging your peoples, and it's causing problems to other countries as well. If you have certain kinds of drilling, if you're doing fracking, or you're doing oil wells, or you're not planning to switch everything over to electric vehicles at a certain time within their time frame, or windmills, or whatever it may be, the who is going to step in, and they're going to take away your sovereignty. If, you know, the Supreme Court this year, which I think it will, overturns this affirmative action for universities, and the who says, well, that's going to be damaging public health, 
uh, and emotional health and well-being and opportunities and so forth. The who can come in and say, no, you got to have affirmative action. And moreover, they can say, you've got to impose equity. And equity, again, is not equal opportunity. It's equal results, no matter the effort that you put into the situation. Matt, this even gets into elections. I mean, they Article 28 is the right to vote <laughs> uh, in in the conference of parties. Well, I should say over this document here, but but the aspect of of uh, this conference of parties would be the one that would be enforcing this. Isn't conference of party uh, associated with United Nations with the world government body? Yes, yes. And so, I mean, they're going to want to interfere with everything. You know, you can't have a a global dictator that doesn't want to get involved in who's going to be your elected officials. So they're going to want to get involved in the elections. They're going to want to get involved in how things are actually handled on the election level. And, you know, for people listening to this, they're probably, and naturally, I understand why saying, oh, this is just uh, absurd. This can't ever happen. It can never happen in a in a real world that we think of as the United States of America. But what Biden wants to do is just sign America on to this. He knows that if he had to put this through the United States Senate for a Senate ratification, that this debate would happen, and it would not pass as a ratified treaty. And, of course, if it does pass as a ratified treaty, it's binding on the United States. It becomes also part of the supreme law. And we, the, but, and that's what the Biden administration believes that, that that this would be legally binding upon us. That's right. And so, but he knows he can't get it through as a treaty. I know Senator Ron Johnson has a bill that he is uh, now proposing to force this to come before the Senate as a treaty. And certainly, I would support that or any other efforts. I would support the House also investigating and defunding any efforts to this respect. But what he wants to do is just sign on to it, just like George W. Bush did, unfortunately. George W. Bush got us into this mess. It's not as bad as what Biden wants, but George W. Bush got us into this mess. If you go back to his second term, Bush became a, you know, Bush was a globalist as well, like his father, George H.W. Bush. He's the one who, you remember, George H. talked about a one a new world order. Yes. Well, George W. was in that same line of thinking, and so in his second term, he went global on this health care, and he signed us on to the very first international health regulations of the WHO in 2005, and he bypassed Congress and the Senate, and uh, there was not a big outcry at the time. But he's the one who also, you know, pushed uh, some of these other uh, vaccines as well, the H1N1 and some of these other things that were failed. But he put us into this, and he signed us onto it. Now, the difference between then and now is, although they were bad and it was a bad precedent, the WHO international health regulations were advisory, kind of like the CDC. They can say what they want to, but you don't have to abide by them, unless, you know, what we've seen under COVID these governments that said, oh, well, the CDC says it, we're going to enforce it. That's how the WHO is. The WHO was giving recommendation authority. Now what is happening under Biden is he's not been able to fare well in the courts. A lot of his mandates have failed in the court system. So now he's pushing hard to bypass the Constitution, bypass the courts, sign on to this, and give the WHO global authority. I can tell you this. It only takes... A majority of nation states to pass this. There's 194 nations right now that are part of the UN, and the who would be governing that. It only takes a majority of those. They're very close to getting the majority. And why? Some of these nations, like I said, some of these nations, they want, some of their representatives want government-controlled, centralized health care. Their nations don't provide that for good reasons. And so they want the WHO to come in and force their nation to do what their nation doesn't want to do. It's unbelievable, but that's true. We actually saw some of that testimony last year when these IHR regulations were coming up for vote in May. So if the United States does not pull back and this ultimate decision will happen within the next few weeks and a preliminary vote's coming up pretty soon – if the United States does not pull back, if it continues to support this and push forward with it, this will almost certainly pass, 
And this will then be uh, something we have to contend with on a global scale. And even if, for example, you say, well, uh, Florida or Governor DeSantis or some other governor, they're going to resist this. Well, that's fine. They, they ought to. But you know what the who's going to do? The who is going to put sanctions on the United States of America. And mm -hmm. also they're going to put sanctions on other nations that deal with the United States of America. So it's going to have a ripple-down effect. We will be directly affected domestically and internationally. Friends, I just want to correct something I said a bit ago when I talked about the right to vote. We're not talking about necessarily in our elections across our nation, uh, though that no doubt it's going to be impacted. But each party to this document will have one vote uh, in this conference of parties. So, Matt, the U.S. would be right. have the same vote as, as communist China? or Yeah, or, America will have the same kind of a vote as communist China. Um, it'll have the same vote as a small little nation. Mm -hmm. uh, so America being the you know, one of the, the the leading nation on the planet. Well, it, it'll be kind of like the United States Senate is set up. You know, you got little Delaware with two senators, and you've got uh, Texas with the same two, you know, you got two senators. So, but it's a different situation here because it's more communist in origin with regards to the WHO. Mm -hmm. So they're micromanaging how these things would vote, and thus limiting the authority of the United States. So yes, the United States is just one vote, but if the United States is in a vote for the affirmative, a number of other nations are going to fall into place. The United States not only has to pull back from this vote, but it also has to talk to and send a very strong message to other states, nation states, that they should not, must not sign on to this, otherwise there will be consequences. Now, we know that's not going to come from Biden, but it can come, it must come from Congress. Matt Staver is with us today from Liberty Council, and friends, a warning about this uh, WHO pandemic treaty that is uh, before us once again. We warned last June that uh, though it was defeated at that time, it was only a pause, not a complete end to this. Matt, could you even give us an idea of, of where we're at? You said that, that there are meetings going on right now. We understand that early next week that, that internally there, that, that, that they're going to be even passing that final document then to go to nations to sign? Yeah, you know, they've been working on this since uh, for a number of months, and they continue to work on it when it was failed last year. They had meetings in the fall. Uh, they're in a meeting right now, uh, February 20 through 24, and then 27 through March the 3rd is another meeting. That's their fourth meeting. Then they continue with a fifth meeting, April 3 through 6. Uh, they also have another meeting of a different kind, uh, April 17 through 21, and then their actual uh, meeting their final uh, their World Health Assembly uh, event happens in Geneva and that's May 21 through 30. But by that time, so don't get deceived. Well, well, we have until May. Yeah, well, that's their World Health Authority meeting. That's when the final final vote is going to happen. But I can tell you what, it's just like anything else. The preparation is now, and the final vote could be already determined within the next uh, few weeks. Uh, so we have to take immediate action now. So what is that immediate action? Friends will address that after the break. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. One of the prevalent conflicts in society is the battle over gender and marriage. We are flooded with stories pertaining to drag queen story hours, the restroom debates, gender reassignment surgeries, pronoun identification, biological males on female athletic teams, and so much more. These issues are not only confronting schools and businesses, but they have also encroached inside the church. Many are left wondering how to deal with these matters. The book, The Marriage and Gender War, addresses these issues head-on by using the absolute standard for morality as found in God's Word, and is edited by Bodie Hodge and Ken Ham. The book is designed to equip students, parents, Christian leaders, and others to uphold the truths of Scripture on these critical issues. The Gender and Marriage War is available for a donation of $16 by calling VCY at 1-800-729-9829.
Friends, you're tuned to Crosstalk on VCY America, and uh, we're talking about this very dangerous document being put together by the World Health Organization. It's a pandemic treaty. And friends, you can rest assured that this would give to the World Health Organization the ability to mandate medical treatments, the ones to mandate uh, medical exams. Uh, they could mandate uh, proof of vaccination, uh, could put into uh, mandatory quarantines. Uh, with We think about travel certificates, test certificates, on and on. Matt, am I taking this too far? No, uh, all of that and more. Uh, travel certificates, test certificates, so they can also require that you have um, certain proof of whether you have a certain condition like COVID, for example, how often you're going to get tested, whether you have to be isolated, whether you have to be uh, quarantined. And it's not just COVID. So this right. is a digital health uh, certificate. Could be paper, could be electronic, they say. And, we're, and it will have all of your medical information. And we've been warned there, there are going to be more pandemics that are coming. And Matt, and even on this other issue, we had those who are pushing President Biden to declare a public health emergency after the Dobbs decision, uh, saying yeah. that, you know, that abortion is health care. We've heard that mantra over and over when it is not. Um, but but uh, is it, you know, is it too far fetched that the World Health Organization would would use this uh, the, the right to health in this document to mean uh, abortionist health care and advance the killing of the preborn? Absolutely not at all. It, in fact, that is, in fact, what they will do, because the who already has said even before Dobbs and before Biden's statements, the WHO already has said that the lack of abortion access and funding, so they're considering not only whether it's available, but if you have to pay for it, that there's federal money or government money to pay for it. The lack of that is a public health emergency. So, yes, uh, when you have Dobbs, and in fact, the WHO's already made some statements about Dobbs. So, if you have the situation like we have in the United States and you have a number of, of states, for example, that are pulling back on abortion and restricting abortion in many ways or banning it totally, they're going to declare that a public health emergency. So it, it, it is a very broad. If, they're, you know, if they say that we are not on track to reduce carbon emissions to zero by 2050, and they're going to impose drilling restrictions, fracking restrictions, driving restrictions, auto, the kind of automobiles you can drive, electric vehicles, windmills, all these other things. They're going to eliminate all fossil fuels. They're going to impose um, all kinds of restrictions on uh, production and manufacturing, on the, the growing of food and so forth. So whether it's healthcare, which is really everything, uh, that includes also abortion, and it includes climate change, and it can it includes diversity and so-called equity and mm-hmm. inclusion and systemic racism and all that. They can say that all of that is part of their authority, and they can uh, they can impose their will on the world, let alone yeah. America alone, but on the world as well. And folks, think about that. This is worldwide dictating diversity, worldwide dictating inclusivity. Equity. Even you'll see the words in this document on gender equality. Matt, as we were approaching that last break, you said you, people need to get engaged. Now, what can people do? How how can they get get engaged? I mean, this is a a world document. What can they do? Yeah. Well, the the, the easy thing to do is go to lc.org forward slash who. Lc.org forward slash who. On that particular page, we have. The phone number that you can call, it's the capital switchboard, and I encourage you to call and call repeatedly. Your House representatives, U.S. House representatives, and senators, call them both. Call all of them. Call them more than once. There's also information there how you can fax them. Faxing is a very good option because it goes into their system. They can't shut off their faxes. Uh, they know constantly that uh, people are out there. It doesn't have to be someone that is your particular direct senator or member of the House. Fax those who are options on that system. You can also sign a petition. So sign a petition, fax, call, send information to your friends. Uh, we have the 10 points that overview some of these uh, highlights of this 
amendment system. Uh, the beginning one, obviously, the most significant is changing the WHO from an advisory organization to a legally binding entity that has global authority and so forth and so on. And we're going to continue to put more and more information on that particular website, lc.org forward slash WHO. And friends, uh, for those who don't have internet access in rural areas, let me just give you that phone number to the Capitol Hill switchboard, which is 202 224 3121. That's 202 224 3121. Now, last week, Senator Ron Johnson did introduce what's being called the No Who Pandemic Preparedness Treaty Without Senate Approval Act. Matt, uh, in essence, he is saying that um, uh, through this legislation, we're waiting on a bill number right now. It did have a bill number last session. That session is now over, so we're waiting for a new bill number to come out on this. But uh, people could refer to it as Senator Ron Johnson's uh, legislation on the on the Who Pandemic to stop the WHO pandemic without Senate approval. And this is really critical because there would need to be, what, a two-thirds vote of the Senate in order to pass any kind of treaty. But, you know, it's like John Kerry before, well, we'll call it a deal instead of a treaty. That way we don't have to go before the Senate. Uh, And that's the same shenanigan that's being applied to this. That's right. That's why Biden knows he won't be able to get uh, that kind of uh, supermajority vote in the Senate. So he's trying to bypass the Senate, and he's trying to use the ploy that uh, George W. Bush did in 2005. The difference is Bush shouldn't have done that in 2005, right. of course. But the difference is is that it goes from advisory to mandatory, and that is huge. We're talking, you know, we've talked about the idea of certain people or groups that want to have a global centralized world government. Well, this is it. This is it. And this is being done on the uh, heels of the COVID pandemic. And no doubt that much of what we've seen in the COVID um, propaganda misinformation that's come out is all designed to cause fear and say, look, hey, we can do this much better as long as we had global authority. But if we just can recommend, well, we can't do it as well. So we need global authority, but it goes way, way beyond COVID-19 goes way beyond a pandemic. Friends, keep in mind the the address we aired just the other day on Crosstalk from Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum as he was dealing with the World Government Organization. And he talked about, if you recall, on that message, he talked about it's not returning back to normal. It's He talked about the, the you know, the multi-crises. Normally after a crisis, you, get, you go back to how things were before the crisis started. But no, he said, this is about transforming the world. We need to transform the world. And Matt, what we are seeing with this document from the World Health Organization, it will do exactly that. It will transform the world as the globalists see it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, take, for example, I mentioned earlier the Canadian situation. If you, uh, you know, get frustrated with all the lockdowns and the restrictions and the dictating of your medical treatment and what kinds of cars you drive, and then you go out and you develop a protest, and obviously we have the First Amendment to protect us here. Uh, then you go out, and, well, you still have the First Amendment. But then what happens is the WHO imposes restrictions, imposes restrictions with regards to trade, punishing other nations, so that that ultimately has a direct effect on you. And then you have this digital passport. The digital passport then is like a QR code that you show to TSA when you go on an airplane at the security check-in. Well, if your digital passport now shows that you're a troublemaker, that you don't have the 72 vaccines that the CDC requires or wants you to have from ages six months to 18 years, if you don't have all 72, it was 54. Now, with COVID-19 added, it's 72, 72. Uh, so we're talking about all these. If you don't have all that, you can't have your pediatrician treat your kid. You can't have your doctor uh, treat you. You can't go into the hospital. You can't go into work. You can't go into a public event. You can't travel on an airplane domestically or internationally. So then, you know, what they did with the people in Canada is they started to go directly to their bank accounts. Uh, that's the kind of power that we're talking about that the WHO wants to maintain globally. Friends, we're opening our phone lines today to take your questions and brief comments. Our number is 1-800-733-9829, one 800 
733-9829. And uh, let me just mention this. Some of you are saying, oh, well, the Biden presidency may be almost over. Uh, and so the next person can just withdraw us. Well, this even has an article that we'd be signing on to in regard to withdrawal. Yeah. Here's what it is. Article 27. At any time after two years from the date on which the WHO CA plus has entered into force by a party, that party may withdraw. So you have to wait for two years. You can give your notice and they have to have received that notice for one year from the date of receipt by the depository. So th- th- this is put for longevity there. And we understand this that's uh, uh, called the WHO CA plus, CA standing for Convention Agreement, the Convention Agreement. And that's what this is. It's, a, uh, it's an agreement on the party of, of country, the signatories, that will give the World Health Organization this power over the entire world, Matt. Yeah, over the world. So you're talking about that timeline that you just mentioned, and I'm glad that you mentioned that. Uh, you're talking about January 20, 2024, before you get a new president in office. Mm-hmm. And so say on day one of that new president, the new president says, I'm going to give notice. That's a one-year notice that be- you have to give one-year notice to begin with. Yeah. So we're way down the line. We're, we're stuck in this thing through 2023. 2024 and into 2025 and who knows how long beyond that so this is a very serious threat you see how much damage that has happened with some of the lockdowns and misinformation and the uh, forced kind of uh, treatment that the government of the united states uh, imposed through funding on hospitals and doctors and so forth see how much damage has happened since march of 2020 Uh, we're now into the third year, moving into three years since March of 2020. A lot of damage has happened. A lot of damage is irreversible. Some people lost their businesses. Some people lost their lives. That kind of damage being in something like this uh, for three years will not only cause irreparable harm to all of us in America, but internationally it'll cause irreversible harm. We've got lines packed. Let's go to Lance in Sioux Falls. Lance, turn your radio down, Lance. You're on the air. Okay, Elizabeth, we're going to come back to Lance. Lance, please turn down that radio. We can't talk to you when you've got that on. We've got delay. Uh, Merle in Tennessee, you're on the air. Yeah, Jim. I wanted to ask Matt if he didn't think that maybe the Second Amendment would come uh, into the crosshairs and guns being a health threat to them. Oh, yeah. I think the Second Amendment would come into that because, uh, you know, we've already seen that uh, some Democrats have already said that, you know, Possessing a gun is a public health emergency, and they need to crack down on weapons. Yeah. No doubt about it. Okay, thank you for the call. Let's try Lance again. Hi, Lance. Uh, you're on the air. Yeah, I just uh, I was listening to what you're doing. I've been taking notes and everything, but, you know, I'm just, I can't seem to get a, a answer there. Is it sort of like this, these who people, they took over Canada, and they've been trying to take over this country in the future? Uh, is it sort of like the mandates that you guys are talking about when you guys said something about you can't go to the hospital, you uh, can't go... To- okay, well, we've got your question yeah. here. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, I think I think that's right. I mean, what, what we've already experienced, I mean, the WHO wasn't necessarily taking over the truckers, but that kind of thing that Trudeau did, I mean, he's philosophically in line with all this and the WHO. So what you saw there with Canada is what the WHO will do. What you saw here in the United States and around the world with regards to these lockdowns, the WHO will do. Whether you can visit somebody in the hospital that's got a condition, the WHO will be involved in making those decisions. we got to take a break. We'll be back in one minute. Caller, stay in line. This is Crosstalk on VCY. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. We hear the term transhumanism an awful lot today, but what is transhumanism? Transhumanism is really the new name for eugenics. Eugenics declares that only certain people should be allowed to procreate. Other people should be sterilized or their children should be aborted. This was promoted largely by Julian Huxley. In fact, he's credited with being the one to coin the term transhumanism. He was the first executive director of the United Nations Education Scientific Cultural Organization. He wrote in one of his papers in the 40s that we needed to start thinking about eugenics so that the impossible would one day become possible. And there's more and more talk now on who should be allowed to have children and who should not. 
There have even been those who have talked about the idea of licensing parents or putting sterilants in the water and the government decides who can procreate. Transhumanism is eugenics. So what can we do, friends? Uh, if you have access to the web, go to lc.org forward slash who, W-H-O, standing for World Health Organization. Again, that is uh, the lc.org forward slash W-H-O, and uh, you'll find lots of information, documentation pertaining to this. You can also reach out to your members of the, the Senate, your House of Representatives, your congressman, 202 224 3121. That's 202-224-3121. Let's go to Dallas, Texas. We have Maggie calling in. Maggie, you're on the air. Hi there. Thank you. I just wanted to tell your guests, thank you for sharing this key information. I'll make a phone call. I'm going to be sharing that link um, with several of the folks that I um, go to church with. I think that our society is just so blind to all of these things happening. Yes. I mean, what can we do? It, it's just so concerning. I will tell you that I have, I lost a sister to, to COVID getting the vaccination. She had cancer. I think once she got that vaccination, that was it. Two children with adult children have weakened immune systems. Had they gotten that vaccine, I don't know that would have been good for them. And um, I was forced to get it because I work in healthcare. And I really regret it. And just, it's just nonsense. I met people at the airport from Canada on a trip last year, and they told me that when they had their lockdown, they could not even go outside to farm on their 400-acre farm. My. They were not even allowed to leave their house. Um, that is, wow. I think, where we're headed, which yep. is really crazy. Yes. Thank you again. Thank you for the call. Well, oh, thank man. you. And thank you. I know you work in healthcare, and thank you for your service, um, being there when you were so much uh, needed. You know, one of the things, uh, Jim, we haven't mentioned is that uh, part of these amendments will allow the WHO to have the authority to censor what they consider misinformation and disinformation. Oh so we already see that censorship, you know, on yes. places like Facebook and so forth. Now the WHO will be able to say this. We already saw the interaction between the FBI and government agencies, for example, in Twitter after Elon Musk bought Twitter. Well, now you'll have the WHO involved, international censorship. The number here, 800-733-9829. Randy in Toma, Wisconsin, you're on the air. Yeah, hello, Jim and uh, Matt. Uh, well, I just wanted to make a couple comments. Uh, I don't think uh, most people who really know who started the UN, and it was the Council on Foreign Relations back in June uh, 1945 in San Francisco. Um, and, and the Council on Foreign Relations was really started by bankers, you know, J.P. Morgan, Rockefeller, mm -hmm. and a, a number of bankers. But anyways, <clears throat> the uh, federal government uh, under uh, our Article One, Section Eight, has no um, uh, under the general welfare clauses, uh, which are two through nine and clause seventeen. They have no authority to be involved in health care to begin with. Right. Yeah. Uh, that's right. number one. I agree. Number two. I just want to say this real quick. We, you know, the the Article Twenty Nine of the UN Charter, uh, Clause Three, says your rights come from the UN. We could never really even join the U.N. to begin with. Right. Uh, but, you know, Roosevelt had three attorneys who were all in the CFR told him. I tell you what, Randy, we're going to have to stop you there because we're down to three and a half minutes. And I don't want to the whole U.N. matter is a, is another it's huge, huge issue. I want to stay focused here on this World Health Organization, this treaty. You're right. From the very outset, Matt, uh, Randy is very right. As, as We should not have even been in the U.N. to begin with. No, we should have never been in the in the UN to begin with. I, you know, they they did it under the guise of, well, we've had these world wars, and maybe if we have the United Nations, we won't have to have mm -hmm. world wars anymore. They use these catastrophes as a basis to have a broader agenda that ultimately restricts us from freedom. Same thing with COVID. Same thing with the United Nations, and now obviously with the WHO, an agency of the UN. Yeah, thank you for the call here, uh, James in Kentucky. You're on the Ooh. air. Go ahead, James. I, uh, I just want to let all the callers know that the switchboard is wide open up there in D.C. You get right through. 
And then the only other thing I wanted to bring up, I mean, I would think that that would be treason if a president does such a thing. But also, how do we bring, how do we bring this up to churches and get people engaged to, you know, to, to, to fight back on this? And I'll take my hand. My, uh, take it offline. Thank you, Great. guys. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Just like some of the other callers there, you know, send this out information to your churches, to your friends, uh, your Sunday school, other, your pastor. Uh, you can actually forward the webpage lc.org forward slash who forward slash who, lc.org forward slash who. This is a very serious issue. I mean, it also, there's so many things we haven't talked about. This will require the United States and every nation to build facilities at all of our port of entries for the WHO. So we'll have, like, UN outposts at all of our ports of entry at our expense. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And, Matt, over and over, this is really striking at the heart of our sovereignty, including, as you're just pointing out, our, our nation's borders here as well. And, and, and we know that uh, we, you know, we've been frowned upon by U.N. organizations for any type of border control, but you can throw that out the window, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's why, I mean, when's the last time you had someone at the WHO that is an American citizen? I mean, obviously, they do everything they can to take the uh, money of America and yet limit the authority of America. And Biden is doing everything he can to literally give away the sovereignty of America. We need to make sure that every member of Congress speaks up and speaks up quickly before it's too late. Indeed, friends. And if you, so, again, here's a point of contact. You can go to lc.org forward slash who, W-H-O, and you'll find uh, information pertaining to this as well as, uh, uh, you know, the action of, um, of calling your legislators, the Capitol Hill switchboard number 202-224-3121, 202 2243121 within just a couple hours this program will be posted at crosstalkamerica.com take a link today today's program share it with uh, through your social media sites as well uh Matt uh, or if you need a hard copy a CD contact her office for information on that Matt we've got 30 seconds what do you want to leave with the listeners well, I encourage you to not just listen to this and do nothing, but take action. Make the phone call to the number that you've mentioned, which is 202-224-3121. It's also at lc.org forward slash WHO, WHO. And fax, fax many times. You can fax to multiple different members of Congress, not just your own. You can sign a petition. That will go to multiple different members and call and make sure that other people in your sphere know about this critical issue. Time is of the essence. Matt Staver from Liberty Council. Matt, thank you for being with us. Thank you. My pleasure. And friends, as always, be mindful of this in prayer. Be praying about this very issue as well. Our time is gone. Thanks for joining us today on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from CrosstalkAmerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.